This episode of this podcast that's making me thirsty is brought to you by Worthy Rent-A-Car. We know how to take reservations. We just can't hold them. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 91. Today we have two special guests, a husband and wife duo. First, he's a leading expert on television and the entertainment industry. He's an author, journalist, and playwright. And of course, he can be seen providing commentary throughout the Seinfeld box set, behind the scenes, inside looks, Ray Richmond. And his wife is a veteran actress of stage and screen. She played Elaine's friend, Lisa, in several Seinfeld episodes, Jill Holden. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, please pass it on. Follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty. Follow us on Instagram at This Thirsty. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like it. Comment on it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 91. Ray Richmond and Jill Holden. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 91. Today we have two special guests, the husband and wife duo. First, he is a leading expert on television and the entertainment industry. He's an author, journalist, and playwright. He has worked as a featured entertainment writer, beat reporter, and TV critic for a variety of publications, including the LA Times, The Hollywood Reporter, Daily Variety, and Deadline Hollywood. He's written several books, including the New York Times bestseller, The Simpsons, A Complete Guide to Our Favorite Family. This is Jeopardy, celebrating America's favorite quiz show. And Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life. And of course, he can be seen providing commentary throughout the Seinfeld box set, behind the scenes, inside looks. And she is a veteran actress of stage and screen. You know her from Grey's Anatomy, Allie McBeal, and Pretty Little Liars. And of course, as Elaine's friend Lisa in several Seinfeld episodes, please welcome Ray Richmond and Jill Holden. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having us, Tony. All right. This is a Seinfeld power couple. <laughs> we, so, you know, we've, ne- we've actually never been introduced that way. Right. It's <laughs> no. the first for everything. So, so take us back. First off, how did you two meet and get together? And did Seinfeld have anything to do with it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's pretend it did and come up with a great story, honey. Uh, um, actually, you know, other than our mutual love of the show, I mean, well, as, as soon as I found out that she had been a guest on, on a few episodes, I, I totally went for it. So that was a, it was a lure, let's say. Um, but no, for the most part, our story has doesn't have a lot to do with Seinfeld, except for our mutual love of the show. And uh, many nights I will catch Jill watching endless reruns of either the Golden Girls or Seinfeld laying on the couch, um, uh, vegging out. Um, it's it's those are her two go to shows. Um, the thing with Seinfeld, and this is way more than you guys want out of me as an introduction, is that um, the episode, it, it never gets old as a rerun. I mean, there, it still feels as fresh today as it did in the 90s. Agreed. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned Golden Girls, another, uh, obviously you're a TV historian. It's another classic NBC show. So I'm curious, I know you were um, 
you were fond of the show early on. And I think I, I heard that's how you got asked to be a critic on the DVD. But tell us a little bit about, yeah, the early years of Seinfeld, what you saw in it that was different than most shows. And then tell us a little bit about the process, how you got on the DVD. Well, um, yeah, I, uh, I remember distinctly in the summer of 89, I was working, I was a TV critic at the Orange County Register, a newspaper out here on the West Coast. And, um, you know, occasionally, back then there was so little uh, on summer TV. I mean, it was still summer rerun season. Uh, that um, the networks would broadcast their burnt off pilots. You know, you would have the stuff that didn't make the fall schedule just because they needed to fill time. They would put in shows and, um, you know, just one, one-offs. And um, the Seinfeld Chronicles was a one-off. And I just thought, I, when I watched it, I just thought, this is really funny. Why, uh, there's so much crap on their schedule. Why didn't this make their schedule? Um, and uh, uh, then I, so I, I wrote that and it appeared in the register. And then I remember getting a call many, many years, decades later from Morgan Sackett, you know, one of the producers of the show who, um, who, who said, we want you for the, for the DVD, um, for the box set. Uh, and I'm like, why? <laughs> there were many critics bigger than me. I was, you know, small potatoes by comparison to many of the others. And uh, they're like, because we, we've sort of identified you as literally the first critic that said something positive about the show. Oh, wow. Um, in America, I was the first one who actually ever praised Seinfeld. <laughs> who knew? And, uh, you know, so, um, so I, you know, I was like, great. Um, because Seinfeld was, you know, one of my top five sitcoms ever that, and, um, I'd have to say probably, you know, Dick Van Dyke and Larry Sanders and the Simpsons. I mean, there aren't, it's, it's, it's a small list, uh, right. short list that, uh, Seinfeld uh, is near the top of. And, um, but anyway, yeah. So that's how I got to, under the DVD and, uh, you know, I still don't remember exactly what I wrote. I had to actually watch a little of the Seinfeld Chronicles today to even remember the pilot. <laughs> but it, but signals, it, Jerry, signals, but right? You could see, yeah, you could see, you could see already, you know, the the melding of the characters and how well how well they were going to jive together, and that's what attracted me initially to the show. Is oh my god, this is a great cast, and they really have great chemistry. I mean, it's that simple. You know, the great comedies always have great, you know, you know great uh, casts that that merge together beautifully. Uh, you know, Dick Van Dyke being another major example, obviously Larry Sanders, you know, uh, without that cast, uh, without without the one star doesn't carry a great sitcom. You need you need a handful. Right, right. And um, and 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 Jill, speaking of that cast and everything, when when did you first um, I know you mentioned you were in The Stranded. That was season three. So how did that come about? Your first uh, your first episode. Junior Mint was before that, wasn't it? And that was the first one I did, I think. Junior Mint. Oh, really? Two. I don't remember. I just had an audition. You know, I went to Mark's office and I knew him from other Mark Hirschfeld. You know, I knew him from other jobs. I did a lot of sitcoms and. I, you know, I auditioned, but I, there were three of us. It was Jill Talley and Lisa Mendy and me, and we always were there together. Right. So yeah, we had a great, we had a good time, a good chemistry. We're still friends. Very cool. So t- tell us a little bit about, yeah, that process, right? I mean, 
we have a TV critic, and then we had someone who's actually on the set. So this is a interesting dynamic. Um, so tell <laughs> us a little. Set. Junior Mint was, I mean, geez, what an iconic show that was, right? Um, tell us a little bit about what you remember from the set, kind of the dynamic between Larry and Jerry. Like, from what we've heard from so many guest stars is, you know, it was kind of Larry's baby, right? And he kind of controlled everything from top to bottom. I'm just curious how it was on kind of all seasons that you played a part in, but Junior Mint specifically would be would be great. I'm trying to remember, but I just know this is the memories I have. Michael Richards was always in the corner. He never spoke to anybody. He just practiced his falls and his bits. I mean, over and over and over, you hear crashing in the background. He worked those things out like to the, you know, to yeah. the nth degree. They weren't just improvised. He, and he never spoke to anybody. He was just off doing his thing. Um, Jason Alexander was the most charming, friendly, remembered us year to year. Cause we only were on like once a year or twice a year. We didn't, you know, people would forget who we are, but uh, Jason was great. Remembered everything was like a theater person and was wonderful to be with. Um, Jerry was, you know, I, you know, I didn't, I had, a, I did have the scene with him in Junior Mint, Mints. Um, and I remembered, I'm about to, I was about to go on. It's something about, he's trying to remember somebody's name and he, I live in an yeah, apartment Malva. building. <laughs> yeah. The, yes. Right. That's right. And I'm in the apartment building and he knows it's the same apartment building. So he rings all the bells. This is, you know, I don't know if you've seen it. It's only in the box set. And he, he says, hello, hello, it's Jerry. It's Jerry, Jerry. And people hang up on him. And I say, Jerry, oh my God, Jerry, you come back to me. And I run down the steps and I hug him and he's, you know, he runs away because of course he doesn't really, um, it's not whatever it is. Uh, but I remember I was about to go on and he's standing behind me and he says, okay, we've changed everything. You're going to go on this way. Then you're going to go down the thing and turn left instead of right. And then you're going to take three steps. And then you're going to say this line instead of this line. Okay, go. And it was when the audience was there and everything. I'm like, oh, my shit. I can't believe it. But um, it was great, you know, because they changed, the, the especially the joke lines constantly. There was a right. constant rewriting right on the set as we were doing it. And um, he wasn't really incredibly friendly, nice guy. But Larry David was delightful, kind, mm. thoughtful. I found him really great. Nothing like he appears on Curb Your Enthusiasm. No, he's right. Not, yeah, we've heard that. He's and he seems like a real, real loyal guy. Um, that's a great story too about Jerry. Um, uh, Ray, you know, uh, Jill just touched on Jason Alexander, and I know from what I gathered from the DVDs, you know, George <clears throat> is your favorite character for us too. Um, you know, maybe touch on as a, you know, like you mentioned, there aren't that many shows that fit into that top tier and it's usually the full cast and that's true. It's the full cast, but there's gotta be one character that kind of sticks out for us. It's probably George. And I think, you know, you mentioned this in the DVD, like at the time there wasn't anything like him. Like uh, he's supposed to be unlikable, but he's likable. Um, you know, maybe you can kind of, he's so pathetic. Yeah. He's so pathetic. He's, he's, you know, which is why I love the, the, op the opposite um, uh, episode. Because it just it, it it so defines everything he was trying to do in that show, you know, literally doing the opposite of everything that he had ever done would obviously make him a success with women, a success in life, uh, able to be a social creature like he never could be before. There's just so many when you think when I think of Seinfeld, I just think you think of moments, you think of moments with Elaine, you think of moments with Kramer, moments with Jerry, but it's the whole of the show. 
with George. Um, it's it's every he just embodied everything. Almost every memorable scene involved him in some way. I mean, you know, just thinking just thinking back to to all of the great moments. Um, he's in them, you know, from um, you know, from from it shrinks <laughs> to um, you know to to uh, to the opposite to um, you know to his. I, I still. I still think back almost every week. I still think back on the idea that he left the job and then just quit and just showed up on Monday as if nothing had ever happened. One of the great. What about the trifecta? That's my favorite. Oh, the trifecta. Yeah, that's right. My my favorite. The the pastrami sandwich, sex and the ball game all at once. The trifecta was magnificent. (laughs) Um, And I, too, had a a personal moment with with Jason Um, as a as a critic uh, when I was working actually. uh, at the LA Daily News after I'd left the Orange County Register. Um, we went, uh, I went on the set and thought I was going to get like 15 minutes with him for an interview. And he said, no, 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 let's, uh, let's go to lunch. And we went to the, to the Daily Grill, a nice restaurant, like two blocks from the studios. And um, he spent almost two hours with me oh, wow. and was just, could not have been more down to earth and sweet and kind. And, you know, you what year was that, Ray? I'm just curious. Oh, I think that was probably, that was, um 93 all right so season five okay go ahead jill sorry no it's okay like you'd have lunch on the set and the guests or the whatever we were would be in one room and most of the stars would stay in their own room we never saw them jason would come out every day he would come out hang out with the regular people and have lunch with us and he just uh had a whole different i think because he's he's from the theater and he's i've been watching him lately on these tributes uh to um, Stephen Sondheim, and he's just so magnificent on stage. He's he's really great. Well, Isn't Jill, he? it's uh, it's because he's from New Jersey. Is it? Is it the New Jersey in <laughs> him that makes him so kind? That's right. Uh huh. Well, that you know, because yeah, he's he's definitely he was raised right. He's got a real down to earth attitude, and you know, and just I just like had... Tony Soprano, just that really kind <laughs> New Jersey thing going on. But well, I... it's funny. He's another guy, another character who you know, was villainous, but you rooted for him, similar to, to George in a, in a weird, twisty way. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, but, you know, in terms of, um, I mean, I, I actually interviewed Jerry on the phone, and it could not have been a, a more different experience than what I had with Jason. And this will probably not help help you recruit. No, that's all right. We've been uh, critical of Jerry in the past. We, we're yeah, fair. Yeah. We're well, fair. He's just kind of a, kind of a schmuck. Um, <laughs> in our in our in our phone interview where he was just completely full of himself and you know oh you know i never realized that i was going to create history instead of just a show you know and just was completely full of himself and i just well, yeah it's a little bit you know what he goes a long way right it's interesting too because you know you touched on this in the in the, in the dvds as well and um you know jill you're on the later season english patient you know i think it was season eight or season nine and um mm-hmm. You know, Ray, you touched on that, that when Larry left, you know, you still were a huge fan of the show. Like you didn't think much dropped off. Um, we've been critical of those seasons here. We're fair. I mean, just, it's just, it's a different show. Whether it's good or bad, that could be debatable, but I don't think there's any question. It's a different show. Um, you know, when Larry leaves, George's storylines become a little bit crazier and, and, you know, outlandish. There's no, the writing staff is younger. They're kind of writing what they think Seinfeld should be, not like the Melmans and the, and the Larry Charleses who are, you know, really there, you know, writing George as, as he was. But anyway, you know, 
in that respect, you're actually a fan of, you know, you, you're fair to Jerry. I mean, you, you did say that he ran the show well after Larry left and, you know, maybe I, you yeah, touch on that. I didn't think there was a huge, I know there was some drop off. I didn't think there was a huge drop off. And, and I, I, you know, I, uh, well, except of course the final episode, but that, you know, I'm sure you, you could devote entire years to the final episode more than just a, a single, a single podcast. <laughs> um, uh, you, I, I imagine you guys are not fans of the fi- of the finale. No, I didn't. I got a little hard talk for himself, but I didn't mind it. I mean, I think people are a little critical of it. Uh, I think some of that's unfair. That to be honest with you. By, by, by Larry, of course. I mean, it's hard to to be a lot of people that that watch. Everyone watched the finale, right? But how many people watched every single episode of the show leading up to the finale? So they just tune in the finale. What is this? Not that great. I thought it was going to be better. Uh, you know, it's like well hold on a second here. Like it's one episode of the whole season and they wrapped it up the way they had to wrap it up. Um, I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, it wasn't the best episode, but it wasn't terrible. Listen, for me, the, the true finale would have been the, the, the episode you just mentioned the opposite. That would yeah. have been a way to go out literally on top because in our opinion, the show declined a little bit after that, but that's, that was that's the end of season seven, right? No, no the five. Five. Yeah, was five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry Charles left after that, but, but LD um, stayed around. Yeah, no, I mean, it, when I watched it live, I agree, I was a little disappointed. But like now that I'm circling back watching it, I, I have a better, a better sense of it and a better appreciation for it. Although, for the most part, every every episode I watched live stayed true to what I thought it would did, what it did, except. For when they killed off Susan, for some reason that rubbed me the wrong way. Watching it like recently, it just—I don't know. Very it, creepy. It didn't. They didn't need to do it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Larry David, there, I get it, but yeah, just—I don't know. Th- that you one. You watched. Me. You came to every live, every live show. You came. No, every no, Friday we night? mean like live when it aired back when it actually aired. Oh, not I thought aired. you meant like. like yeah, the- no, we were like watching it live. Like you know, we we. There are a lot of fans, and worse, I'm completely surprised by how many. It seems like more fans there are that are rerun fans rather than, um, you know, like you said, right? like you were the first the critics to who were yeah who were there at the beginning. As were we, you know, basically season two is when I really got into the show and uh, you know live and, um, you know, it's interesting that on on reruns most of the fans like the later seasons. I don't know what that reason for that is, but. Um, we're finding at least on, you know, social media, things like that, the bigger, bigger pops are, are the seasons eight and nine episodes for us. It's really more of like two through five, but, um, you know what you don't find, yeah. you don't find a lot of minority pe- people that belong to minority groups loving Seinfeld. In fact, I have never spoken to, uh, an African-American or a Latino person who has much, not, not only not liked the show, but not, not even has never even watched it. Now I'm sure I'm sure that's that's probably a, a a huge generalization, but this this may be one of the whitest one of the whitest comedies uh, in TV history in terms of audience and and appreciation. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, George? I mean maybe I could probably say the same thing about Cheers and a lot. Yeah. might be even more. I wouldn't say the whitest. Yeah, um, um, I mean they they wrote what they knew. Um, you know, it was it was their world. I think you know you could say what well, New York City is New York City, but it's still it's their world. They're just writing about their world, and it's the world you know they were in. Um, the fans part of it, I'm not sure that part. I don't know enough about. But as far as the tone of the show goes, I think they were just writing what they knew, and th- their their whole motto is "funny's funny." 
Um, but I get your point as far as the fans go. I'm not sure, you know, how many, how many, how much that's crossed over. Right. But I know, uh, I know also Brandon Tartikoff, you know, the, the, the big honcho from NBC famously thought that this was going to be a total flop and didn't really want it. Didn't had to be talked out of getting rid of it. Um, because he just thought way too New York, way too Jewish. Right. Right. Um, and it's interesting. So as a TV critic in this show, I don't know. I don't want to compare it to like Michael Jordan, but I feel like writers were never really critical of it. And again, going back when I watched live, I, I didn't like open up the New York Post and I just I watched the show. I liked it. That was it. Nowadays, I actually read to see if it's a good review. Da, 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 da. Like back then, I didn't do that. Um, but my sense is from like trying to read, get old articles. Like people weren't really critical of the show. I mean, early on, yes, but I'm saying when it when it when it gains, no, it, was, it was it was a love fest among the critics, right? That, yeah, but so, not the ratings, really. Yeah, um, and and rarely do the ratings and critical darlings dovetail. Usually, usually critics support the underdogs and the ones that aren't doing as well. Um, usually, the the ones who have found the mass audience. You know, critics feel like, well, my job here is done and they move on or they turn against it just because they're supposed to. <laughs> but, yeah, Seinfeld is, a, is an exception that, it, that um, everybody stayed behind, except until, of course, the finale when when critics, you know, jumped in and, and bared their teeth and were like, like, oh, my God, just like they did, of course, you know, with the Sopranos finale uh, and, and feel personally offended because they had backed it for so many years. And this is what you give us at the end. How dare you? You know, um, critics take things personally and think it's all about them. That's the thing with critics. And they also, another secret of critics, if in case you didn't know, is they don't really care about the audience they're writing for. They write to impress other critics. Really? <laughs> who were you ready to impress? I, I, I like to think I was an exception to that, but, but for the most part, <laughs> yes, they write Look at my vocabulary. Look at my taste. Yes. They like to impress other critics. Interesting. It was interesting too, because the, 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 the critics were there, but the, the ratings weren't. And also the, um, Oh, in the beginning, the beginning. Yeah. I'm talking the yeah. beginning. The awards weren't there yet really either. You know, I don't, I don't think they really, and the show really took off, you know, more like after five, which is which to us again, we were more, fans of the core of the show at the beginning which was the george you're talking about so it's funny you both mentioned two great georges the the um uh which one did you mention again ray you mentioned the um the opposite yeah the opposite and then you know uh jill mentioned the um the pastrami the trifecta right those are two completely different georges in in my mind as far as the show goes right one's this he's eating He's eating pastrami, watching TV in bed. It's a little bit outlandish where, you know, oh, going into work after being fired. That's what it was. Like, Larry, that really yeah. happened to Larry David, right? That's a true story. Is that a true from, story? Yeah, really? a true story. yeah, yeah. It's an SNL. He he quit SNL. I'm out of here. And then and then Kramer, the real Kramer, told him, hey, just go back the next day. And that could never happen. And he did. And, you know, so that's a real story. For how long? How long did he go back? <laughs> and did they you know, rehire him? I know the same, the same thing happened. I think they said, what are you doing here? Get the hell out of here, kind of thing. But did um, they also both work for Fridays. Um yes. and Larry David. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess the point is we talked to a lot of different writers, and they all said that, especially you know, Peter Melman would say all they did was try and find real life things to write about for the show. It's all Larry and Jerry wanted. And then, you know, 
the pastrami thing probably didn't happen or the you know the frogger <laughs> episode didn't happen. like these things got crazy and so it became not rooted in, in reality but again the the ratings were there like jerry always says went out on top right like you said he went out on top created history but uh you know was it was it the same show? No, but was it still, you know, good? Uh, you know, that's, I guess that's everyone's. I remember in the beginning, the first, maybe the second year, not the first truncated year when he was still doing all that stand up, but the second year, people would call each other. It was like the old days. Hey, did you see the episode last night? What'd you think of this? It was like the, you know, around the water cooler thing, even though it was the 90s. You're probably too young to remember, but, you know, <laughs> We would talk about it like the next day. And when, when I got to be on it, it was like, oh, my God, I'm on Seinfeld. This is the most amazing thing. What a different era that was, though. I yeah. mean, you, you look back, I mean. Everybody watched it. And now the, the audience is so split in so many directions. You know, there was no such. Cable was, was still new in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. Relatively right. new. Forget streaming. That was, that was a pipe dream that no one could even imagine. <laughs> but um, you know, there was still Fox was only a couple years old when that happened, when that came. Right. Out. So it was like, yeah, it was such really? a different world. And, you know, yeah. and people would still people, you know, VCRs were happening, but it wasn't the same. I mean, people still didn't weren't used to, you know, there were no DVRs, of course, and people didn't record things. So it was still, you know, NBC's Thursday night lineup. And, you know, and it was all all about you have to stay home and be a slave to whenever they decide you have to watch. So it was, there were very, you know, that was what, that was almost the last great ride. One of those, you know, the end of an era that Seinfeld was on where it was such appointment viewing and so much a kind of a shared national experience. Yeah, I agree. And, and critics like you helped fuel that, I imagine, right? I mean, it, it sounds like, again, different time, right? Now you go on Twitter, read an article, like every show gets ripped, no matter, even if it's great. I mean, and, every, and everybody's a critic. Right. Everyone's, everyone's a, critic, a critic. Exactly. I mean, Seinfeld didn't get touched. It was treated with like, you know, white gloves. Um, I'm just curious what, I mean, maybe this is more like you know, what changed in America, but what changed in America? Like, what, like from a critic's point of view, like what happened? Is it just the, the surge of the internet and social media or, um, or was Seinfeld that perfect? Like we're, I mean, at the time, we thought it was perfect, but like rewatching, like, you know, you can always poke what holes. I wonder critics, if you. What, what did the critics hate at that same time period? What was uh, on? I forgot what's on then. Well, there was. The there was Hunter? Yeah, a lot of family, Hunter? Mostly family shows back then. It was home it was, improvement. See, the it was, thing is, it was all there was family so shows. much crap. Yeah. There was so much crap that the networks were, were you know, were shoveling out there that. Critics felt like they really, especially in the early days before the ratings really took hold and carried it, they felt like, oh, my God, we really have to support this because it's funny and it's great and it's great television. And it's historic television. They could feel that by like season three, right. that they really had to support it to make sure NBC didn't change its mind and cancel it because there was so much crap. So I think I think there was almost a, an unspoken, you know, sort of uh, law among critics that we don't we don't trash the stuff that we you know that we feel like they're they're pushing out there to 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 better the to better the medium and to, to entertain the masses you know because there was enough crap to you know practice your your poison your poison darts on we didn't you didn't want to <laughs> you, you didn't you didn't want to kick kick the stuff that was trying so hard to be great i'm looking up 1993 shows you had nypd blue 
He had the X-Files, which also had Diagnosis Murder, which I was on. Walker. <laughs> uh, Texas Ranger, yeah. Yeah, Walker, mm-hmm. Texas Ranger. Dr. Finley was big. Um, yeah, there weren't a lot of great shows. Let well, well Seinfeld was just different. That was the thing. If you were watching a lot of TV like, like I was at the time, um, it was just different. It just struck you as different. Like you said, you're watching. Like, this is not a normal sitcom. Well, like, it, it, it completely had different beats than any yeah, other. Yeah, everything was different. There was no formula. Like I, every other sitcom, you could figure out the formula. Like, okay, he does the wrong thing. The dad's the bumbling idiot and the kids come in and then they get fixed at the end. And every set, but this well, was like, what's going on here? You know, There was you know? a formula. You, you put the seeds down. You think the disparate plot lines are not going to ever come together. And then they get more crazy and they what? come together. And right. Crazy. But when you're watching it live, that, that that developed in front of your eyes, you know, well, like episodes like the statue and the bus boy. I think the bus boy is the first one that, that Larry David remembers as, as the guys in the hallway meet. And he's like, oh, we should do this more often. So, you know, looking back, yes, that became sort of the formula, but it it, it was organic. It wasn't like, you know, oh, I figured it out. You know, it was like it. Well, and, and you enough. see that bit smaller or maybe larger on Curb Your Enthusiasm, where they they plant these little these little bombs at the beginning or in the middle of the show and they explode at the end. And that and he really he really tried that strategy out on Seinfeld. Yeah, sure. good point. Beginning. Now, Jill, more importantly, listen, we've heard great <laughs> things. This is a perfect show. Critics love it. Give us a little give us a little something on the set that a common person wouldn't know. A little uh a little story, a little funny story that happened. Um I remember also not on the set, but you ran into you ran into Larry David in the restaurant. You oh, offered to have you sit down with him, right? Yeah. Uh, this sounds it's another one of those like everything was great though. They want something, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. We'll great. We'll take great. Great. We love it. I mean, I, I was at remember Silver Spoon, that restaurant in West Hollywood. It's what? no longer there. I mean, but these guys aren't are in LA. Oh, you're not in LA? Where are no, you? No, no, we're in New York, New York, New Jersey. Oh, right? There's a restaurant that was really popular. I've heard and, of it. Uh, I went to it and Larry was and this was years after I'd been on the show. I mean, it was like five, six years later, and he was sitting having breakfast, and I was really nervous about going up to him. I thought, he's not going to know who I am, and I'm going to I'm so, and I went up, I said, you probably don't remember me, but, and he said, chill, don't be ridiculous, have a seat, Let have, have some breakfast, and we had breakfast together, and he was just, you know, lovely, and I was like sweating bullets, like, how dare I go and talk to the, you know, so it was really I mean, it was very nice. There aren't that many people at his level that are that. That would do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I thought so many great things. I thought this was, you were going to say, oh, I I got a guy for you. And this is how you two, you two got together. Let's make that (laughs) it. We could just rewind and do that. (laughs) By the time we met, we haven't been married that long. It was long over. I mean, we met in 2006, right? Yeah. 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 So we, we look, we're old, but. As as a couple, we're we're relatively new. Yeah, no one no one could no one could put up with us or stomach us before. It's only each other that we're right. in companionship. There was a certain rolling of the eyes with with Michael Richards because he you'd hear crashes, things would break. the 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 prop people were like, "Oh my god, he destroyed that!" It was it, it he was just banging around all the time. Well, um, it's funny, like we and uh, we touched on this, like. You know, the Emmy recognition, all that stuff. Like uh, Michael Richards won three of them. Um, oh, he was brilliant. Jason never won. Though. Jason never won. Yeah, though, I'm, I'm curious. When you sat when you sat down with him during that lunch, like, I don't know if that ever came up, but like, 
if you can shed some light on kind of what he was all about as a, as a person. From what I gather from, I remember from our interview and just from other things, other interviews since then, he didn't care. I mean, he was honored to be, it sounds Pollyanna, but he was honored to be honored. You know what I think? And didn't, he really didn't care about the winning or the losing. He just felt like he had hit the jackpot being on the show. And he's a real actor, actor. You know, like Jerry's wonderful and the show's great. He's not an actor. He's, right. there's that that blankness in his face. I mean, he's not really playing the moments as a trained actor would play. He's he's a, a step removed and he he breaks and he he isn't paying attention to you when you're talking to him. He's a, not to criticize him, he's a genius, but he's not. And Michael Richards is all about doing, you know, crazy physical, things. Physical comedy. Um, right. Physical comedy brilliantly. But um, Julia and 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 Jason, they were like acting. I mean, they were in the moment and and it was a different feeling. But I interrupted you, uh, interrupted about a great story from the set. Me? I've had a great story from the set? Yeah, no, they were asking. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you just mentioned Julie. Actually, you did. You know, she was she was your friend on the show. I mean, I'm I'm assuming you had most interaction with her than the other the other mm-hmm. actors. Um, you know, we're getting the sense from talking to other other guest stars that she also was similar to Jason and that, you know, giving and and that sort of thing. I'm not sure if you have any anything to share there. Specifically. Uh, I didn't, you know, I knew her from Chicago. I knew her from Northwestern. I taught oh, okay. at Northwestern. Oh wow. And- um, she's a little younger than I am. I wasn't her teacher, God knows. But I, <laughs> I taught at Northwestern, and she was on Saturday Night Live. Youngest um, member, or one of the youngest members, right? She was like nine or something. Yeah. For like just know. one season? Yeah, she didn't have one? a good time. No. It was the year she was on Saturday Night Live, and I was teaching a summer program at Northwestern, and she came back to talk to students about being an actor and stuff. And I remember she came to my class, and this was a, um, we're in the university, and, she's, and her main, um, point was you don't need college if you guys really want to be actors you should drop out now and go to new york and of course the other people at north press were like don't say that yeah, exactly she's at so the college saying that. it was not she said well you know but she that that was i remember that and she you know i didn't really talk to her she liked to be alone to like to focus on what she was doing she wasn't like jason she was um mm. an, art- an artist an artist an artist <laughs> um yeah and she i knew sure. her so that's a great story. Yeah, that is um, And Jill, you were, I mean, I feel like you were kind of there from the beginning, right? The Stranded episode, Michael Chiklis, all the way to. Yeah, I can't uh, find it. What's it. Is it called Stranded? The What's Stranded. Called? That's the yeah, one when they're on Long that's Island. Is that Stranded? I don't see it. No. But I'm looking you, on the list. I'm, I'm curious from your point of view. So that was early on, even junior men. Like, did the set, did anything. Oh, here it is. Oh, there. I'm sorry. It is the Stranded. Yeah, good. Sorry. Go did Like. Your point of view, did anything change? Like, was it the same, like, mentality, same focus, or? I'm an actor. I don't look at the whole picture. All I know is I felt better. By the third time, I thought, oh, like, I'm on the show. Um, (laughs) I I can't say that I have any idea. I would like to make it up. It was a little, um, I think the beginning was a little more tense. Yeah. uh, Because they didn't know what they were, they weren't sure yet. And there was, I think Junior Mintz, actually, now that you say that, there were more changes on Junior Mint. Maybe it was a show they had a hard time writing, mm. um, but lots of changes. And then they ended up, you know, cutting my scene. So, um, but the the other ones, they it was much more. You got your script, you went and you did it, and you know there weren't a lot of Sturm and Drang. I think there was less. You know what? I'm just thinking about that right now. I think it was more tense in the beginning. 
more experimental, more, mm. think of a funnier line, you know, how writers come in and they're always running in, their hair is crazy. Here, you got seven more lines. I got six. Right. And they didn't do that so much in the later ones. As right. I and, and you were there when Larry David obviously was on set for those early ones versus yes. the last two years he wasn't. So yeah, there probably was a kind of big shift in dynamic there. Well, yeah. for one of the episodes I did, we, I was, it wasn't in front of an audience. We, we um, shot on the lot, like on location, not the lot, but it was, on location, you know, on one of those streets and on the lot. Oh, the uh, the English, English patient. patient. Yeah, English patient. The English you mean patient. at CBS Redford? Yes, I think it was yeah. the same. Yeah, English patient. It was, uh, we didn't do it in front of an audience. I loved doing it in front of an audience. People were crazy in the audience. They were <laughs> like fans, mani maniacal fans. And when the actors would walk out, they'd go crazy. It was pretty fun. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, and, and, and I think... It, while you were doing the show, if I may extrapolate, it seemed like you probably thought, oh, this is a good job, but you didn't realize it was going to be such a calling card for decades to come. Where, where, where you know, it, it's such a conversation starter and icebreaker at parties that she was on Seinfeld. Right. That's true. Even though I've been in lots of other things and much bigger parts, it does seem to be the thing that makes me like, oh, you're an actor. It's a timeless, iconic show. What are you guys watching now? If we looked at your DVR, you know, you guys are definitely TV fans. We could tell anything that you're watching now that you can kind of see as going to be groundbreaking in the way that Seinfeld's looked at as groundbreaking. You know, twenty years, thirty years later, anything on right now that you think is going to last the test of time? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't know about that, but we are we're, kind we're of, obsessed with old stuff. We're kind of obsessed oh, with okay. Shtizzle. No, Shtizzle. We, we like obsessed oh, okay. on Shtizzle. Are you, do you, have you ever heard of Shtizzle? No. It's an Israeli uh, show that takes place in Meir Sharim, which is where the Hasids live. It's about the life of this Hasidic family. Okay. Had, yeah, Netflix, three seasons so far. It's so great. It's don't you think? Yes, it's we're right. obsessed. It's no, what we're really obsessed with is, is of course, the Beatles get back. Um, show. Oh, I loved it. We were just talking about it earlier. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, I did. It's long, but it's really good. I loved oh, it. Oh my! You know what? It it may be the greatest thing I've ever seen about the creative <laughs> process. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Just watching watching them writing these songs live in front of your eyes is just insane. Like, yeah. Just, oh my God! You see him. You know, he's getting the beat for for, for the song "Get Back." And the and you know and and George and and John are kind of yawning and sitting back. And yeah, it's like no, is being made, and they don't even know it. I love that. I was joking before. It's like you see Ringo just hanging out the whole time, where they're just punching out all these, and then he comes to an octopus's garden, and George helps him out with it. That was really cool. We I haven't thought. seen part three. Oh, yeah. okay. We're doing it tonight. But all George want, or all um, all Ringo wants to do. Is keep the band together. Yeah, you just hanging out. He just wants to keep this ride going. Arguing. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> for a while. Yeah, yeah. At one point, Paul's like, maybe we just break up at the end. You see Rigo's face, like, what? Yeah, it was, uh, it's well, Ray, good. I guess here, here's the question: Who held on longer, the Beatles or Seinfeld? Who who went out on top? Do you think the the, the oh, actors the on Seinfeld wanted to leave? Oh, I, wasn't it Jerry's idea to, to end the showdown? Yes, but I mean, Larry yeah, was sure already they, gone. They would have milked, milked it for sure another year if they could. But uh, yeah, they, they were getting a million. Were they all getting a million an episode by then? Six hundred, give or take. He was getting okay. a million. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I get them mixed up with the Friends group, right? Um, <laughs> um, but um, 
Yeah, no, the Beatles, uh, the Beatles went out on top and Seinfeld relatively on top. Yeah, I mean, these are, uh, you just want a way to go out, period. I mean, so very few shows in TV history get an opportunity to, to complete their run and go out with something, you know, resembling, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a good, a good positive conclusion. Yeah, you know, and I think at its core, Larry Lefferture, him coming back, kind of whether you liked it or not, they went out their way because he was a part of it. So I mean, right. At the end of the day, that's that's all you can ask for. There's a part where Julia is calling her friend in the final episode, and the friend she's calling on the phone is my character. So I feel like I was in the finale. <laughs> oh, that's right, Lisa. Your father was in the hospital, really? right? That's right. That, that that I love that episode. I mean, this is why you know you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Ray, about um, you know it being kind of the end of an era. It was also the end of an era in in the in in encapsulating almost like a um, a, a time you know a time capsule because you know you're talking about the cell phone walk and talk in the final episode. Uh, you know that that kind of ended an entire generation of of you know this you know we're it's new. Real. You know, I, I I talk about this all the time, and people that listen to the podcast know I wrote my uh, I wrote a paper on it in library science because I was into oh, archiving. Did? Yeah, because I was into like archives and sort of like um, dealing with um, I almost like the show as an archive within itself. Like the way I, my generation would watch like Leave It to Beaver or I Love Lucy and be like, "What is going on here? This is odd." You know, that's how the new generation is watching Seinfeld now. Like you know, talking you know every episode's about you know pay phones and, and answer machines and things they don't know about. And the last episode, oh, I know. The they introduced a cell phone and it's like, that's it. That's where it ends. The cell phone walk and talk. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of all, um, can I, can I plug my book? Oh yeah. The Betty White. Yes, of course. Yeah. It's coming out a week from today, December 7th and a uh, uh, hundred remarkable moments in an extraordinary life. It's uh, it's a coffee table book all about her career for, beginning from birth to now you know she's really the only maybe the only star in, in entertainment history who whose best time was her 90s Most wow it's wow. interesting and yeah. she was in the very first television telecast yeah 1939 she actually her face was the first face that was ever on a television screen when they did an experimental tv transmission from an auto dealership building in downtown los angeles um, Packard dealership. That's how long ago it was. And they, they, they got the picture and the sound all the way from the sixth floor down to the first. And it was successful. And two months later, television debuted at the New York World's Fair. Well, right. Did, uh, did Kramer inspire you to make a coffee table book or? <laughs> yes. Did I it turn into a coffee, coffee table? table? The coffee table book shaped as a coffee table. <laughs> Did, didn't he? Didn't he plug that on the Merv Griffin show? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm on uh, Regions of Kathy Lee. But, Kathy um, no, I mean yeah, that, right. that book. That, that, the research involved in that must have been intense. I, I mean, a lot. Uh, yeah. I yeah, mean, it's, it's authorized. It. it didn't really involve her. She's not really in good enough shape at the moment to participate. Um, but she is um, a mere seven weeks from her hundredth birthday. So we got to cut her a little slack, but yes, right. a lot of research. You know, the thing is with the internet, as we know, you have the, you have basically all of the libraries of the universe on your tabletop right there at your but fingertips. But didn't you get the best stuff interviewing real people? I, I, I did. I also interviewed, you know, some, her best, like her best friend and um, a couple people that have already since passed on, Ed Asner and uh, Gavin McLeod. Um, they don't know who those are. Yeah. 
Of course it is. Well, listen, I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. Definitely looking forward to that. I mean, geez. uh, It's a great Christmas present, a great holiday present. It actually is. It's actually really good. It's 35 bucks, but, you know, unless you're really a cheap son of a bitch, 35 isn't that much for (laughs) Damn the cost. Well, listen, this is great. I mean, we, this is the Seinfeld power couple, ladies and gentlemen, that we we can't. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to hold on tight to that. You know what's weird? I, I remember when I would watch the show and I, I would um, be like Jerry's generation and look at his parents like, oh, they're off in Florida having their crazy. Now I'm like his parents' age. And I think, oh, I understand how they felt in Boca Raton. I know why they went. It's a, to have a whole generation change. It's kind of crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it's still all relevant. To your point, you can watch it now and you still feel relevant. So that's, I think that's the importance of a great show. It, so. it just holds up incredibly well. So, I mean, you know, you guys could do this podcast forever and it will, because now your podcast will hold up forever. I got to do an episode <laughs> with Lloyd Bridges. I remember thinking yes, that, was, that yeah, was so the- great because I used to watch him as a little girl. Um, what, what was that? Sea Hunt. Sea Hunt. And there was Lloyd Bridges. Oh my God. Yeah, the English patient. That was uh, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, and Mandelbaum. Yeah, listen, so, Lloyd Bridges to Lloyd Braun. Lloyd Braun. We, we, we covered all here on Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, this, is, this has been a treat. Um, best of luck with the Betty White book, Ray. And um, Jill, Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Tony. Thank Thanks, you, Thanks, Chris. This Thanks, Tony. You are, like, adorable. You guys so, are really, really charming. Awesome. Well, thank thanks you so, so much, guys. guys. Thank you. Enjoy, enjoy your night. Happy holidays. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, for ask, thanks for asking us to be on. It was way fun. Of course. Awesome. Of course. Cheers. Good luck. All right. Thanks.